Hey folks, welcome to podcast number 14 of the Machine Repeat Podcast. Thank you for stopping by, giving us some of your valuable time. We certainly appreciate it. Hope you, again, enjoy this week's conversation, which I think you will. We've got uh, an interesting talk with uh, a young man I've known for a number of years now. Met him through Facebook with one particular vintage combine that really caught my interest. Still probably the most interesting vintage combine I've run across. So we'll talk about that and uh, also kind of how we got into collecting. And uh, he also works in the farm machinery business. Um, so again, I think you'll really enjoy getting to know my my friend Travis Mullinger. Now we need to start off and again, thank our sponsor at Case IH for making this podcast possible. Definitely stop in and visit your local Case IH dealer folks. They've got all the uh, you know new equipment and good supply of used equipment that you need to keep you running, uh, whatever planting, harvest, uh, hand forge tillage equipment that you need and visit your local case age dealer now this week's tractor of the week kind of interesting we're going to go again on the vintage topic we're going to go and talk about uh, international 1468s of course these va tractors from the early to mid 70s kind of were oh they just didn't really take off when they were when they came out uh and for quite a number of years on the u side man 30 years I've been tracking prices used to be you could see them sell for not much of anything 1468s 1568s but of course that has really changed now what got me thinking of 1468s was actually an auction this week depending on when you're listening to this but uh, a farm auction Wednesday February 5th near Champaign Illinois for Glenn and Rosie Trimble this is sold by our good friend at Sullivan auctioneers uh, Dan Sullivan texted me a picture in a note um, mentioning that Glenn and Rosie have a pair of 1974 International 1468 V8s, original, both one owner. Um, well, I think one of them has 6,011 hours. The second one shows 2,525 hours, but that's on a new tack, which the Trimbles replaced about 2,000 hours ago. So again, they're the original owner on both of these. Um, and again, they're going to sell Wednesday, February 5th near Champaign, Illinois, on their farm auction. So stay tuned. Hopefully my friends at Sullivan's can give me a little video from that auction. Always fun to see them sell. Now, if we talk 1468s, uh, <clears throat> you know, very interesting. Um, the highest one I've ever seen was 52000 bucks. That was back on August 17th of 2017 in Oxford, Kansas. It was an auction by our friends at Almond Auctions, a great collector uh, auction specialist there. Uh, that one, that 1468 only had 1,455 actual hours on it. Original condition, again, about 52,000 bucks. Next highest one I've seen went for 42,000. That was just a year ago, uh, March 30th of 2019. Uh, Mecham Gone Farming, their annual spring consignment sale in Davenport, Iowa. That was a 74 model, again, 42,000. And on that same event, March 30th of 2019, they had another 1468. $40,950. So again, restored like that, you know, wow. There's a lot of money chasing these things. Now, if you look at the average, <coughs> now, if you look at the average auction price on the last 21 International 1468 sold at auction, that comes in at $26,477. Again, we mentioned the high of 52, and I've seen them as low as 13,000. 
Now, when you walk back in time with me in our machine repeat auction data, that low price the last few years of 13000 they didn't used to sniff that when they were in mint condition. In fact, I found three of them going back almost 20 years. Come with me to a sale on uh, February 25th of 2001, Zombrota, Minnesota farm auction, a nice $1468, $5,600. Later that year, December 10th, 2001, in Neoga, Illinois, another farm auction, 4,976 hours, 74 model. That 1468 went for the same money, $5,600. Then a couple months later, July 23rd of 02, in Minto, North Dakota, on a farm auction, a 1468 up there went for $3,600. So again, they weren't thought of as collectible or desirable back 15, 20 years ago, but they definitely have been the last 10 plus years. So it'll be great fun to watch uh, the pair of original one owner 1468 models sell on Glenn and Rosie Trimble's farm auction Wednesday, February 5th near Champaign, Illinois. Stay tuned for prices on that. Okay, folks, now let's hop in to our feature guest this week, a young man I met a number of years ago. His name is Travis Mullinger lives in the Manning, Iowa area. Travis is actually the service manager for Horizon Equipment in Audubon, Iowa. Great John Deere dealer there with six locations in Western Iowa. Now I met Travis a few years ago on Facebook and he sent me a picture, a combine picture. And we'll, I'll let Travis tell the story, but again, we've kept in touch, just ran into him at the Iowa Farm Show last week. Great young man. And joining us on the call is Travis's father-in-law, Russ Brunn from the Audubon, Iowa area, and they collect John Deere tractors, vintage combines, extremely cool, and also vintage implements. So let's go to that conversation now. Still using bias tires? Here's your chance to upgrade to radio. This spring, Firestone Ag is making it easy with farm hard rewards. Just head to your local certified Firestone Ag tire dealer between now and April 30th and get discounts as big as $200 per tire when you buy two or more eligible Firestone radial tires. Terms, conditions, and limitations apply. Visit firestoneag.com for more details. We plant corn in Iowa, spray soybeans in Illinois. We pull calves in Kansas, farrow hogs in Minnesota. We raise rice in Arkansas, rye in Canada, and wheat everywhere in between. We farm millions of acres across North America and build every piece of Case IH equipment. Built by farmers, for farmers. Case IH, rethink productivity. All right, folks, I want to welcome in our guest, Travis Mullinger from the Manning, Iowa area. Travis, uh, good to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having us on the show, Pete. Yeah, and Travis, I should mention, folks, we have a, a second special guest, Travis's father-in-law, Russ Brunn from the Audubon, Iowa area. Russ, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Now, Travis, hadn't seen you for a little while until we ran into, ran into each other at the Iowa uh, Farm Show in Des Moines last week. Uh, always good to see you again. And it sounds like uh, your uh, tractor collection's been growing. Yeah, you keep finding stuff all the time for it. I noticed you, you posted something on Twitter, your latest tractor. I think it was a John Deere 630. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, just got that one this weekend. Okay. And Travis, you collect with Russ, with your father-in-law? Yep, and also my father and uh, Russ's son, Aaron. Okay, so you got a, a four-man uh, power team here, huh? 
Okay, and folks, we should uh, let you know that uh, Travis is actually the service manager at Horizon Equipment. Is that right in Audubon, Iowa, Travis? Yes, it is. Okay. How long have you been uh, have you have you been with Horizon? Uh, I've been with the company for fourteen years. I was started out as a mobile service tech, then uh, in June I switched to a service manager position. Okay. And I know when we were at the uh, the farm show in Iowa, you had one of your customers come up and. Uh, I can tell you really, you really care about the position and how uh, how you guys roll there. Yeah, I sure do. Now, Travis, we first got connected, gosh, many years ago. I think on Facebook, right? You sent me a note about a very unusual combine that you had acquired. Why don't you pick up the story? Yep. Well, we got a message. Started getting messages from people one night saying you had to check out this website. And when we went to look at it, there's a 95 rice crawler combine at the factory tracks, the right feeder house, and it even had factory air conditioning on it. So we thought that'd be a really unique one to add to the collection. And you guys, uh, you had already had a collection going of older John Deere vintage combines? Yeah, we're up to about 12, 13 of them now. We have the full uh, five series combines right now. You've got all the models. Yeah, we got a 45, we got a 55 corn special, a 95 diesel hydro, a 95 gas corn special. Another unique one we have is a 95 hillside that we brought back from Washington State. Then we got the 95 rice crawler, a 105 gas corn special, and a 105 diesel hydro corn special. Then we picked up an early 3300 gas, and we have a really late 6600 Hydro diesel. Wow, that uh, that is quite a combine collection. When did you guys uh, start in on collecting those? Let's see, I started in the mid 80s. I picked up a 105 gas. I worked at uh, Audubon Tractor Parts and I asked them about it and they had one in Indiana. Hmm. So I bought it and brought it back. And it had an SMB sign from Atlantic, Iowa. And the grain bin extension was from uh, yeah, manufacturing yeah, from here in Audubon. So Ooh. I thought that was kind of neat. You, you brought it home, Russ. Yeah. Well, I arranged it through tractor parts that they brought it to my house. And so that worked out good. Okay. Gosh, if you if you were starting to collect this vintage stuff early 60s back in the mid-80s, you were way, way ahead of the game there, Russ. Yeah. What uh, What intrigued you about the vintage combines even back then? Well, when I was in high school, I worked for a gentleman that fed a lot of cattle and everything. Well, basically all the corn went through livestock, and we always picked everything in the year. Well, then he bought a 105, and we started grinding the corn with it, and it was much better. Ever since then, I kind of loved them old combines. Well, and again, you're up to 12 or 13 of them you have now, you guys say? Yep. That was quite a quite a video you posted on Twitter, a little video clip, Travis. Was that from last summer? You kind of did a walk down the line of some tractors and your combines? Yeah, that was we uh, had some tractor racks come out to the farm and check the collection out. But um, there's still a lot more that wasn't even in that video yet. Mm. What do people say the first time they see your guys? Let's just stand the combines here. What do they say when they see your collection of dozen plus vintage John Deere combines? Yeah, they're 
we're just amazed of what we have found. And I mean, we try to go after all the unique ones, where that's the corn specials or the hillsides. Um, there's a lot of the regular ones out there, but we've yeah. tried to focus on something that has a unique option or you know unique story behind it. Right. So that 95 hillside you found in Washington State uh, was that in the Palouse? Where was that? Must have been. Huh? Yep. That was in the Palouse, just right across the border from Idaho. Knew a gentleman out there that I worked with through John Deere, and he uh, he looked for about two years for us. And uh, one day I got an email with about a dozen pictures on it, and pictures looked good. Talked to the gentleman, and we worked it out to get it brought back. So you didn't drive out and pick it up yourself, Travis? No, we just had a few pictures. It showed up. We put the tires on, and it started up like it ran five minutes ago. So. We were very happy with that one when we got it in. Now, for a, for a kid like me, who's now an old guy, who grew up in the flatland of western Minnesota, a hillside 95, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you could pretty much combine a terrace with that one. It will level to about 42%. Wow. Let's get back to this to the other 95, the, the rice crawler. I'm trying to remember, Travis, the, did it say 95RC on it? rice crawler tractor or a combine okay. there are some other combines out there that were uh, put together with aftermarket track systems but this one here you have to have the correct feeder house to make it work with these tracks just because how the geometry of them are set up okay now this one had kind of a unique uh history as many tractors and pieces of equipment do but wasn't it didn't it originate down in louisiana yeah it's right on the coast of louisiana um, a gentleman in Canada had bought it a few years ago, and it made it as far as Minnesota to one of his friend's house, and it had sat there for a couple of years until he uh, reposted it on that website that we found it on. Yep. And uh, by the next morning, we had I had contacted him, and we had a deal struck. Wow. And you, I'm trying to remember now, you got that loaded up, and did you send me the original picture, the outreach on Facebook? Did, yep. you, did you send me a picture of that thing loaded heading home? Yep, that was on the semi. That was, um, that was, it didn't run very good when we got it, but we have it running and driving, and uh, we're in the process of going through the separator itself and uh, replacing bearings or whatever else we can find that it needs, and uh, this summer hopefully have it in the field. Okay. So that must have been, yeah, quite a shock for that old old girl to be in Louisiana, a rice combine, and wind up sitting outside in Minnesota winters for a few years, huh? <laughs> yes. And what, uh, was it difficult to get it running? No, I mean, just I had to go through the engine, some carburetor, distributor, and just the separator itself has actually been in pretty good shape. We've been really happy with how that looks, but just being in the conditions down there, there's a lot of surface rust on it that we've been right. fighting. But it's um it's turned out to be a pretty good machine. Yeah, that uh, I was looking at your Twitter video too, and yeah, the rust factor. But then again, when it comes from down by the ocean, that uh, we don't get as much salt water up here in Minnesota, Iowa. No. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that the well? Which one would be farther, Louisiana or Washington State, from where you guys are in Western Iowa? Oh, be about the same. It was a haul either way, and both of them. We uh, just bought some pictures and didn't actually go look at them. Okay. Well, Russ, Russ, what did you think when Travis found this 95 RC on tracks? What was your take on it? Well, I seen the pictures. I looked at it pretty good, and he said it runs. So I said, well, 
let's get it and see what we can do. <laughs> bring it home. Bring it to Western Iowa. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you guys ever, I'm trying to remember, Travis, when we were at the farm show last week talking, uh, do you guys ha- have like a, a harvest day where you take these older uh, John Deere combines out and put them in the field? or? We use them. It's mainly just small, small grains, and it's usually just ourselves out running them. Okay. What kind of comments when people, if they drive by and happen to see an old 95 or a 45 or a 105, they must smile and want to talk about it. Oh, yeah. We've uh, we've done some by a combine along a highway, and people are shocked when they see that 95 sitting there. Have you ever had people stop and, and film, do a little cell phone video? Oh, I'm sure we have. Uh, now, that uh, you sent me that video we have on YouTube. That was from back in April of 16. Is that when you, yes. you got it home and kind of tweaked it enough to get it running a little bit? Was that? Yeah, that's just when we started just driving and just seeing what we had. Um, just mainly focused on getting the engine. You want to get them running and driving before we start in the separator just so we know what we have first. Right. Okay. Uh, any thoughts of Horizon equipment uh, bringing that baby down and putting it right in the store, right in the showroom for you for customers? Oh, that'd be pretty neat. <laughs> We have our hundred year anniversary coming up here in a couple of years, and wow. sure, I have something around for the anniversary with the collection. Nice, nice. Okay, let's hop over to tractors now, guys. Uh, so, on the tractor front, Russ, did you start collecting tractors about the same time, mid eighties? Yeah, yes, I did. Okay, and strictly John Deere. Do you have anything else in the collection? Uh, mostly John Deere. I do have one International Five Sixty. How'd that happen? Uh, it would happen to be Travis's uncle's tractor. Nice. And he wanted to sell it with a pull-type corn picker, so we bought them both. Well, a little red in there with that walnut green, that, that's that's okay, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. Now, uh, so again, it's Russ, it's you, it's Travis, Travis, your father. Yep. And who's your fourth again? My son, Aaron. Aaron, your son. Okay, got it. Um. I don't. I, I'm I'm kind of a Norwegian guy. I don't like to be. I don't like to pry too much. But is your collection? Is it? Uh, can we say is it over like twenty five or thirty tractors? Is it more than that? <laughs> We're to about forty right now. Forty. Okay. Well, you're you're under fifty with room to grow. Put it that way. Yeah. Huh? And then we have the full line of equipment to go with the tractors. Oh, you do. So tell me about that. Plows. We got plows. We got. Everything from threshing machines to grain binders to grinders, sprayers, um, choppers, planters, um, newer spreaders. Mm. Um, yeah, we just kind of run the gamut of the whole John Deere line. Okay. Yeah, well, no, no use having the tractors if you ain't got something to pull with. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I had a buddy one time. I had a buddy one time. Oh, go ahead. Let's say everything you have, we can use and take to the field. Okay. I had a buddy one time from, uh, I think he was out east, and he, he bought a John Deere 3300 combine in real nice condition, and he, he drove it up and parked it in front of a 612C cornhead. <laughs> it was funny. We posted that picture, and people were, they didn't didn't catch that he was just uh, spoofing and having fun there. Uh, I don't think the old machines would handle those new heads, would they, very well? Don't think so. Uh, okay, so... Now, Russ, you started collecting in the mid-80s. Travis, how old are you now? I'm 34. Okay, so you're a young guy. I mean, what what was it years ago and right through till today that 
intrigued you about wanting to get involved with collecting these old tractors, implements, and combines? Um, grew up just going to all the local steam shows and just always loved it. Um, my dad and grandpas were all into the antique stuff. My first tractor was my uh, grandpa's 49B. Mm, and I nice. uh, started working on that in college and uh, just went downhill from there. Right. Is your grandpa still with us, Travis? No, I lost both uh, grandpas in the past, but I have tractors from um, both of them. Okay. And when you look at those or drive them or work on them, does it bring back just smiling memories of your grandparent, your grandpa? Oh, absolutely. That's awesome. Now, Travis, do you, uh, do you, what about, uh, you know, working to get young people interested in the, in the vintage machines, whether it's combines, tractors, implements, and Russ, hop, hop in here too, but is that, is that something that's important to you guys when you take these out or on tractor rides? Oh, yeah. Um, we got a group of people over by Guthrie Center we're working with now, some younger kids, and they have gotten themselves a really nice 105 combine. We've been helping them source parts for this. So it's really nice seeing people in the area, you know, starting to collect combines too. Wow. Cool. Yeah, I started to notice a couple of years ago when, when these vintage machines from the, these combines from the 60s would show up at auction, there seemed to be a little more interest in them. Are you guys running into any of that? Or do you look for specific conditions or it doesn't matter when you're looking to buy new combines? We're, we're looking for a lot of them that are in really good original conditions okay. are the ones that we're trying to go after. But yeah, I'd say the market is getting a little bit hotter on these okay. vintage machines now. Okay. So now, Russ, I got to ask you, um, so you grew up right around Audubon there? Yes, I did. Okay. What was the first tractor and the first combine that you drove as a young buck? Uh, my dad's 1955 John Deere 60 and a 12A combine. A 12? We combined a lot of oats. Wow. What was that like running that 12A? Well, as a kid, heck, it was the best thing. <laughs> it was fun. Awesome. I enjoyed every minute of it. Get out of school to help help your dad? Every chance I got. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys, do you have a 12A now? Yeah, we got a couple of them. Nice. Nice. And again, you said you occasionally do take them out to get them in the field. and. Yep. The 95 Hillside gets used almost every year for combine and either oats or rye. Really? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And again, you, Russ, you said your first tractor was a 60? Uh, my first tractor was uh, when I got married, I got a 1967 4020 diesel power shift. Wow. But and that, I still have it. You bought it new or used? I bought it used over by Sloan, Iowa. Sloan, Iowa. That was Heister Camp Implement back then. Okay. You remember what you had to give for that 67 model uh, 4020 back in the day? It had a fresh overhaul and a one hydraulic, well, it had two hydraulic valves, but I got one new cylinder with it for $8,000. $8,000. I'd say, Russ, that's, <laughs> that's held its value pretty well for you, buddy. <laughs> I love it. Okay, now uh, describe your your guys' tractor collection to me a little bit. Uh, you know, forty ish tractors. What what type of models we got here? Um, we run. We start out in nineteen twenty four with a Twin City tractor, and um, we go all the way up to the twenty series. Um, some of our unique ones. We got a seventy two four thousand synchro factory diff lock, mm. 
Aaron has a 4020 LP power shift. That's is really unique. Nice. Um, I got my grandpa's 1953 Shepard diesel. That's all original. Uh, um, is that the one you were uh, telling me about at the show, Travis? Yep. Yeah, that's a little bit of a rare one for us. Shepard. Now, where, where were they made? Do you know? They were made in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Oh, east. Okay. Yep. Grandpa saw it at the state fair, and uh, he did order one, and I uh, joined the National Shepherd Club, and they had the original order book, and we found his order for the tractor in that book. Really? How cool yep. is that? Wow. That was pretty special seeing that. And so that tractor just never left the family then? Nope. Okay. No, nope, it got retired from full-time farming um, probably back in the 70s, and then Grandpa kept taking it to all the shows, and I uh, remember going as a kid with him, riding with him in the parades with that tractor. Wow. How, how does it run today? It runs beautiful. We had it in the shop last year, and it's more to it. And uh, just spruced it all back up, but it's a uh, very good condition. Okay, so you, now you said you had a Twin City. How? What year did you say that one was? That is a 1924. Where did you find that baby? Uh, about five miles from my dad's house. We really? bought it from the original owner's son. Wow. Most of the tractors that you and combines you've purchased have they tended to be from private sellers or auction or kind of a mix? Most of them are all private. We okay. have a lot of family tractors that we've gotten too okay um, but yeah we try to go private sales so you guys haven't been collecting for so long now uh russ i, I suppose and travis maybe some of this stuff starts chasing you people let you know about it hey check this out yep just last week i had a guy come into my office and uh, sold me a john deere blade for the b nice and, uh, they just know that we're into it very cool yeah, it, it's interesting. How many, you, know, you guys must know collectors all over the country. How many, what percentage would you say of people that collect tractors also are into collecting the implements? I mean, I, I'd be curious your take. Yeah, I mean, the guys, I mean, of course everybody will have plows, but with the diversity we have, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people that have as many different types of implements. You know, mainly everybody has the plows. Right. Now, these, these vintage implements you guys have, I'll ask each of you, do you have a, a favorite or two? Well, probably the, the choppers are pretty, are the neatest ones. Choppers. So like what model are they, uh, Travis? Uh, the number, we got a number six. Number six, and you have all three attachments for that one, and that's a pretty unique one. That was uh, my grandpa's okay. chopper. Wow. Very cool. How about you, Russ? Do you have a, a couple favorite of the older implements? Um, no, because I really can't like them all. Like, like them all, just like kids, huh? That's good. Yeah, that's right. That is awesome. <laughs> and now again, you said your tractor collection goes up into the 20 series, early 70s, maybe? Yeah. Well, we just only count the ones up to uh, 72 in the tractor collection. Okay, that's the only ones you count. But do you own some 30 and 40 series nice tractors, too? Yeah, we got a 4230, 4430. Um, all the way up to the 50 series, okay. front wheel assist, and on up to the newer generations. Okay. Uh, well, here's a question for you guys, a couple of seasoned collectors. I've, I've done a couple of blogs on this recently, but how how far out do you think we are from calling like a John Deere 30 series tractor, say from the early mid-70s, calling that a collector or a vintage 
antique tractor? How, how, how far out would you say? Oh, we're there already. Yeah. You go to the shows and there's even 40 series tractors at them. Oh, sure. Lots of folks that do collect them. But, yeah. uh, man, I sure see a lot of them bought, even low-houred ones bought to still, I mean, guys are buying them to put them in the field. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of nice when you can fit both profiles. They're uh, active uh, asset to put in the field and also a good vintage collector item. Absolutely, yeah. The, that's the new new series that are going to be collected now going forward. Right. The younger guys my age are interested in about the 20 series and newer in general. Right. Did you guys by chance get out to the uh, uh, Classic Green reunion out in Grand Island uh, this past June? Nope, did not make it to that, but we are planning on going to a gathering of the Green here in Davenport in a month. Yeah, that's coming up just March of uh, 2020 here, isn't it? Yep, that's always a very good uh, good show to go to. you guys bring any equipment out? Nope, you should just go for the seminars and see friends. Okay. Well, if they were smart, they would have you bring your 95 RC, I think. <laughs> we're, we've talked about that. And, uh, when we get it all done, we might have to do that. Well, like I told you at the farm show, Travis, uh, when you're ready, buddy, you you call me. When you're going to take that out to the field, and I'll be down with my camera. We'll get some more great YouTube on that one. Sounds good. So uh, just got to ask again, Travis, you're 34. I can tell you grew up hanging out with your grandpas, loving machinery. Uh, must have been pretty cool to hop into the farm equipment business. Yeah, it's just kind of a natural fit for me. Did, did uh, anyone on on your side or Russ on your side any experience in the farm equipment business before Travis? Uh, no, just my uncles. So I always used to help farm bale hay during the summer. Okay. So, Russ, uh, Travis, take care of you when you got an issue as a service manager. He'll. Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, from talking to Travis, and again, seeing you in action at the farm show talking to your customer travis hats off to you for the way you roll i can tell you really care about your people in your service department there and, and well, thank you how would you describe uh you know the service end there at horizon equipment oh it's it's really good i got a great group of guys here in the shop to work with and uh, no i mean we just have a very strong service department here and how many locations, Horizon Equipment? Is it six? Am I right on that? We have six locations. Throughout western Iowa? Yep. Okay. Well, Travis, I tell you, it was fun to bump into you again at the show uh, last week in Des Moines. And always great fun to talk about your growing collection of tractors, combines, and implements. And uh, Russ, great to visit with you. And you guys keep me posted as you add to your collection now, all right? Sounds good, Greg. We can do that. All right. U.S. Custom Harvesters Incorporated is an association of professional custom harvesters serving the needs of the American farmer. The U.S. Custom Harvesters is a dues-funded nonprofit membership organization, the strength of which is in its membership primarily consists of individual harvesters such as combine, forage, hay, and cotton, as well as related businesses like equipment manufacturers. The U.S. Custom Harvesters, we harvest the crops that feed the world. Become a member today. Go to uschi.com or call the National Office of the U.S. Custom Harvesters at 620 well, folks, I hope you enjoyed our conversation with my friend Travis Mullinger and his father-in-law, Russ Braun. Really cool to hear about how they got into collecting tractors and combines. And as I've, over the years, traveled around the country, I find it really cool how collecting, whether it's tractors, combines, implements, whatever, can oftentimes 
you know, pull families together in the collecting process. So you can sort of hear the love there with Travis and Russ, all their adventures over the years, uh, collecting, and then Travis with his father and Russ's son, uh, and Travis talking about tagging along with his grandpa years ago. Uh, it connects families. And again, the vintage combines, that's an area I've sort of seen taken off the last couple of years here. Just, you can feel it. There's more interest in these machines. The pricing getting generally a little bit stronger on vintage combines when they show up. Uh, if I post them on Facebook and Twitter, a lot of interest. And again, that, that machine that Travis and Russell and that, that early 60s John Deere 95 RC on tracks from Louisiana that made its way to Minnesota. That's one of my favorite vintage combine stories. So cool to hear Travis and Russ talk about it. And I'll, again, thanks for joining in, uh, joining us this week, folks, on the podcast. Again, big thanks to our sponsor, Case IH, for making this possible. Now, if you can do me a favor, when you listen to this podcast, what helps us uh, more people find it is if you can give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to your podcast. And of course, we'd love for you to subscribe. So we can give you a notification when our next episode comes out. But again, folks, thanks for joining us this week. And I hope you have a great uh, week. And remember, even though things are a little challenging out there, remember, every day is a gift and a blessing.